Hello and welcome to our special edition JNMP podcast. My name is Elizabeth Hyten. I'm the JNMP podcast editor and for this episode I'm also a third year PhD student. This particular podcast is based on an occasional essay we recently saw published in the JNMP by two emeritus professors, Professor Michael Swash and Professor Andrew Lees. They were discussing the value of medical conferences and whether it's time for us to consider what's really gained from these events and in particular for whom. So Emeritus Professor Michael Swash joins me today from the Department of Neurology at the Royal London Hospital and Bart's from the London School of Medicine. So Michael, thank you very much for joining me. Okay, thank you. I wondered if I could contextualise the discussion first of all by starting off with a quote that you actually mentioned in your paper from a journal editor in the 1960s. It's, the quote is, delegates travel the world to the detriment of their metabolism and sleep rhythm to hear the same pieces of research described in slightly different terms by their colleagues when they might as well have read the reports in comfort in their own living rooms. So how much of this comment resonates with you? Well, it's inevitably true that if people travel to a meeting, they travel long distance, particularly if they're coming to Australia, and they're going to get jet-lagged and hungry and everything about their body clock is wrong. So it's a hazard of going to a meeting in a foreign country if it is at any distance. And even in Europe, when we go from Britain to the continental Europe, we're an hour different apart from Portugal. So these time changes are inevitable. Some countries like Japan are particularly far away. And that does disturb people's ability to learn, to listen, to understand, and to think quickly. And indeed, it makes them very sleepy during the so-called daytime of the new new environment. So, of course, thinking beyond jet lag, necessarily, and thinking about the real sort of core aim of medical conferences as they stand, um, it's obviously to disseminate knowledge, it's to foster collaborations, it's to create exciting opportunities, particularly or potentially for young academics. So how much of that do you think is actually achieved if everyone's so sleepy? Well, I think it's very questionable. I mean, this, 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 is, this is difficult because pe- people like to meet together to talk commerce. People meet all the time and discuss things. And that, that's part of the way we, we humans interact with each other. So clearly that's, that's a fundamental aspect of humanity. Um, so that, therefore, for doctors to meet and discuss things is equally important. But when, when you're miles away from your own time center and you're not quite sure why you're there perhaps, this is well known in business, of course, and many business people tend to go to some conference a couple of days beforehand in order to, to adjust, or they do it by, by video link. And having a medical conference is a big show. There are thousands of people at some of these meetings, um, all in different subspecialties, all with different levels of knowledge, some with very little, some with a lot. Uh, the interactions there are, are, are really quite limited. The, the, the very junior people with not much information do not interact with the senior people. They just sit there and listen to what's going on. And, and the benefits of, of, of these meetings, therefore, in relation to the hazards, have simply not been studied. And it's long overdue that there should be a proper study of how much information really is transmitted to people at different levels of understanding and experience uh, and how useful that really is. And as I pointed out in the, in the little paper, there's also no, no study of what the other effects are, the bad effects. For example, all these people have travelled across the world to go to a meeting, leaving their hospitals bereft of their work. So what was the kickback to medical care and understanding in the, in the, in the um, we don't know. I, mean, I can only speak to this from the experience of being a third year PhD student that spends most conferences a little bit crippled with imposter syndrome and not terribly engaged with it 
for that reason. So I guess there are many ways in which that platform or that particular style of conducting these medical congresses may be limiting. You've got the jet lag and, and perhaps, as you mentioned, you have the senior academics and the junior academics, and there's not necessarily, despite the aims of it, enough interaction between the two. So I wondered whether sort of the increasing connectedness of the world, the fact that we have social media, um, that it is fairly easy, say for Australia and England to be talking as we are now, and whether that's reduced the need for these sort of physical conferences and these physical interactions, or do you think that there is still benefit to that? It's great, as, as you and I are talking now. But if you have, if say you had 100 people all linked together onto an internet conversation, um, and one, one of them was leading, leading the conversation, it would be very difficult to break into that conversation without interrupting the flow of somebody else's speech, because that, that's done face-to-face -face by non-verbal contact, putting up your hand or catching somebody's eye, uh, or that sort of thing. Uh, and that, that just doesn't happen over the internet, and it wouldn't happen either if there was video, I don't think. And also, if you listen to a video reportage of a conference, it's terribly, terribly boring because you see the, the picture of, of a man or a woman sitting at a desk with a microphone facing you, talking in rather slow terms, and then, then the slides are shown separately or above them, and it all seems to happen terribly slowly. Because when you're reading something, as you might do on a computer or, or by paper, uh, the information content that you pick up is incredibly fast. I mean, reading is extraordinarily effective and efficient, far quicker than verbal instruction. So I don't think there's much future in that kind of internet linkage, unless you're dealing with a particular question with a particularly small number of people. I'm very dubious about that. And again, it hasn't been studied. Sometimes video podcasts appear of the goings on at various meetings and conference proceedings. And, and really, they're, they're terribly boring. And you die to go and you know, touch a little button at the bottom and push it on another minute or two to hurry it up to, to see what's going on further along in the meeting. I don't think it works. But it hasn't been studied formally. So I suppose then you've got two issues there. We've got um, disengagement due to jet lag and due to the scale of these conferences, but the alternative is also disengagement from pure boredom. So I wondered what your recommendations for change were. Well, I think, I think the first thing that needs, needs to be done is to, is to rethink what posters are all about. And poster sessions occupy quite a long time in meetings. Um, and they were, they were put up with very estimable ideas about getting more people involved, helping the younger people to communicate with more senior people to foster communication between investigators interested in the same subject, etc. But what happens is that there's a very large room, there's a bottle of beer or some wine to drink, there are people milling about, and most people find great difficulty in working out where the posters are that they actually want to go and see. The presenters of the poster are not always present at the poster session, and when they are, they're engaged in a conversation with somebody else, and it's quite hard to break in and take part in that conversation. Formalizing uh, is quite a good idea, but itself causes some difficulties. So I think, I think the whole notion of what persons are for, how effective they are, whether they really help, uh, and indeed whether their content is worthwhile in many cases, uh, needs to be rethought. I, I suspect posters are really a waste of time. But, but that being rather extreme in a comment, but I think, I think it really does need to be rethought. Yeah, well, having been standing next to one of those posters and been in one of those rooms where it is an overwhelming number, I can definitely, it resonates with me as well as a, as a young, aspiring researcher. But back in 1903, I, I found a reference where somebody had said that a journal editor had suggested that, that the speaker discipline was poor, information given could be learned more quickly by staying at home and reading the journals. I mean, that, that's still true. 
And when you go to a meeting, you often hear the same subjects discussed that you know knew already, or at least that you ought to have known already by reading the journals. So, so you know, you have to decide whether these meetings are for teaching or for uh, research discussions. And there's confusion at most of the meetings. And there are far too many simultaneous sessions. So you can't decide which one to go to. <laughs> I'm being very critical. I think, I, think, I think the whole thing, the whole industry needs to be rethought. And I am particularly concerned by the amount of money that's, that's uh, spent and that changes hands uh, in these meetings. They're commercial ventures. That they're not really designed to foster academic exchange. And somebody somewhere is making a lot of money out of these meetings. Okay, so it's a common delusion that perhaps we all need to um, rethink a bit. Professor Michael Swash, thank you very much for joining me on the podcast. Okay, thank you. So that was Emeritus Professor Michael Swash from the Department of Neurology at the Royal London Hospital and Barts and the London School of Medicine, discussing his essay, which was published in the JNMP this month. You can download the essay and have a read on jnmp.bmj.com. And we thank you all for listening. <laughs>